to another episode of Grow Your Patch with Shannon Crocker, where here we discuss growing your own food in whatever size patch of dirt that you have access to. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Grow Your Patch. Today, I am really, really lucky to have the lovely Mariah on my in my podcast and if you don't know Mariah and you haven't seen her yet on Instagram, Mariah, do you want to tell us a little bit about your Instagram handle and what it is you're doing on there? Yeah, so my Instagram is country underscore plant underscore lady. Um, I'm pretty much just a backyard gardener making mistakes, showing, you know, how to garden um, and, you know, just trying my hand at, you know, growing different vegetables um, and trying to beat the slugs and the beetles. Um, but, yeah, just showing people that, you know, you can grow your own food in your own backyard and it tastes 10 times better than what you can buy at your local supermarket and the oh, variety as well. 100% agree with that. It definitely does. And, look, if you're not on if you haven't found her yet, definitely go and give Country Plant Lady a follow because she shares wonderful tips and a lot of really great veggie gardening advice on there. But Mariah, tell me, how did you get into gardening? Because not all of us, you know, start gardening when we're young. Um, you know, some of us come into it a bit later on or they, there's usually somebody that has inspired us to start gardening. How did you start? Yeah, so I always remember like growing up, I grew up on a farm, um, a sheep and cattle property. And, you know, my mum and dad always had a little veggie patch, tomatoes, capsicums, because the closest town was an hour away. Um, So, you know, if you wanted a fresh tomato, you weren't going to travel an hour. Um, But I went to boarding school and lived in Sydney for like seven years. Um, And then I moved back to the country. And then I was told I had anxiety and depression and um, gardening was a way of escaping what was going on in my head. Um, And they say, you know, getting your hands in the soil is great for your mind. Um, And that's where I kind of went into gardening and I went, said to my partner one day, I might make a gardening Instagram. And, you know, I never thought there was so many other gardeners out there on Instagram like yourself. Um, And it kind of just went from there, you know, it started with a little veggie patch in the backyard to, oh, I'd love some raised garden beds. So my partner would help me with that. And then it went, oh, I could put another veggie patch here. Um, But yeah, my mum and dad probably, yeah, the biggest inspiration, especially my mum, she loves her garden. Um, But yeah, for me now, it's more of, you know, getting my mental health where it should be um, and knowing that. If I am having a crappy day to head out to the garden and I mean, doesn't mean you have to garden, just looking at what's changed overnight, you know, thinking about what you could plant in that section of the garden really clears your head and you just stop worrying about what's happening in your life for 10 minutes that kind of, yeah, just opens you up. Oh, it definitely does. And I am a much better person if I've spent some time in the garden. Oh, for sure. I know my if I'm, you know, cranky, <laughs> my partner would be like, mm, maybe you should head out to the garden for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. And look, I love I love the fact um, that you mentioned 
um, anxiety and depression and how gardening can help because it absolutely can. And it's, I think you're right. There's something about getting your hands dirty and growing something and, and just being present for its lifespan and, and what it's producing. And whether that be veggie gardens or flowers or, or whatever it is you might feel like you want to grow, it definitely has an impact on our mental health. And in fact, I am fairly sure there have been studies that have shown that children that grow up with greenery around them, um, you know, are more resilient when it comes to sort of mental health and and yeah. actually have less instances of, of anxiety and depression. And obviously later on in life too, the same thing with adults, having more greenery around, it, it can definitely be a, be a big help. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, you don't have to have wide open spaces to have a garden, um, you know, just have something little that you can maintain and it brings so much happiness. To see, for example, a zucchini go from such a small seed to this big plant that produces an abundance of, yes. <laughs> especially zucchinis. Yes. Um, and then also bringing that into your home and then sitting down at the dinner table and being like, I grew that. Like, yeah. Absolutely. There is a there is a funny saying, isn't there? Um, teach a woman to grow a zucchini and all the community will have zucchinis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they, are, they are a very high production vegetable plant. They're, it's a plant to be planting now. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah, if you are someone that's new to veggie gardening and you're not sure what to plant, I always say good old silver beet and zucchinis, they, they won't let you down. Like they're you know, almost foolproof when it comes to to veggie gardening, I think. Oh, um, for sure, yeah. Zucchinis, beans, um, you know, tomatoes, yeah. Tomatoes are probably my number one thing that I look forward to in summer. Um, there's nothing better than walking out to the veggie patch and literally picking a tomato off the plant. Oh. It's, yeah. And the taste, like you cannot beat a homegrown tomato. Like the ones in the store that you get, you know, from Woolies and whatever, they're just not the same. And look, I know that obviously they're produced in in masses and they're picked, often picked green and and then they have to ripen. But yeah, a a vine ripened tomato from your own veggie patch is, is definitely worth growing tomatoes for, I think. The taste is, you can't describe it, like you can't describe the taste of a homegrown tomato to someone that has never eaten a homegrown tomato before. It's just, I guess you can compare a store-brought tomato to cardboard compared to, you know, a homegrown um, yep. tomato. But that's like anything you buy, the oh, freshness. Um, absolutely. You know, a lot of veggies from the shops are picked and grown weeks before it even hits our shelves. So to be able to walk outside and pick something yourself yeah, you can't describe it, no. I completely, I completely agree. So that brings me then to my next question, which I think you may have just answered, but we will see. You never know. <laughs> what is your What is your favourite thing to grow? If you could grow one veggie well, and what would it be? What's your favourite thing to grow in the veggie garden? You're right. I have mentioned it, tomatoes. I mean, if I could grow tomatoes, all year round, 12 months a year, um, we get fruit fly here. So that's the only thing that kind of stops. I mean, I'm growing them this year, but I'm deep inside me. I'm like, please just let me have a good tomato season. Um, yes. But, yeah. yeah, it'd be tomatoes and probably cucumbers. Um, nice. Yeah. It'd be my two, yeah, 
things. That and I'd what do you what do you do when when it comes to fruit fly? Do you treat your tomatoes for fruit fly? Do you have any great tips for our listeners that might be battling with fruit fruit fly with their tomatoes? So this year is the first year that I've actually knuckled down and like I'm going to beat fruit fly this year. Um, last year was my really my first time growing tomatoes and you know people would tell me oh we have fruit fly here and I'm like no you don't we don't have fruit fly here like nothing's been affected yet and they can affect your crop in a night pretty much um, I remember you know I'd gone picked all these tomatoes I'm like, oh I can't wait to eat these you cut them and there's like fruit fly maggots or whatever you want to call them yeah yeah but this year I'm going for the whole netting um way so last time I tried to net fruit as they grew yeah but for the bigger varieties it's so hard like your beef steaks um and your big aromas and stuff sometimes they grow bigger than the netting bags you can buy um so this year I'm doing a whole netting of the garden which only means that I will have to maybe hand pollinate some of the tomatoes but that's quite easy by just shaking them because they're not pollinated by bees, tomatoes. Yes, um, yes. Yep. You just That's, need to yes. make sure that you're shaking, creating a wind effect pretty much, making sure that the pollen is dropping on the different flowers. Um, but other than that, I'm using um, fruit fly bait that you can buy at like Bunnings, um, but you can also make your own one at home with apple cider vinegar and stuff like that. But that's my weekend task is to get all my netting up and all my fruit fly stuff um, because the tomatoes are starting to <clears throat> flower. So only be a matter of time before we've got little fruit for them to target. Yeah, a hundred percent. And look, I've got, I've got tomatoes out of my tomato bush and I had to pick a couple yesterday. I find if I can pick them, um, if I can see that something has gone in, you know, already, I just pick all those fruit and I throw them over to the, the chooks yeah. and it just sort of, and then, yeah, I think netting is, is like you said, netting is definitely the way to go. When it comes to tomatoes, do you have a favorite variety then that you plant? Um, so last year I went for the bigger ones, um, you know, the massive beef steaks. I was so excited to see them grow and see how big I could get them. But as I said, I couldn't net them in the little Hessian bag things that you can buy. Yeah. Um, so yep. this year I've gone for the smaller varieties um, that I know will you can cut them off the vine and they will ripe inside on the windowsill. Yeah. Yes. Um, so this year I think I'm growing only four varieties: um, Roma, Cherry Mix, Honey Bee, and I think Golden Sunrise. Okay. Nice. Um, so obviously, yeah. Roma, they don't fruit all at the same time, so I won't be able to use them for sauces or anything. Um, but, yeah, um, smaller varieties I think I'm just going to try with fruit fly this year. And then next year I might, you know, get back into the bigger varieties if I can beat the fruit fly with these. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got a few different varieties that I'm trying this year. I have the beefsteak. I'm quite a big fan of the beefsteak. Um, I've got a one from Diggers. It's called... Oh, goodness. It's something to do with mortgage. Basically, it's an heirloom. um, Mortgage lifter. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. So someone many years ago managed to pay off his mortgage by growing a heap of these tomatoes and that's what he named this particular vine. I grew them last year as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm interested to give them a try because they're supposed to have a really nice flavor. 
Um, but yes, I am the same. I struggle. I'm actually a bit lucky. We're a bit higher up here, so I can often grow tomatoes um, into the cooler months just because we don't often frost. And then even in my raised garden beds, they're up a bit higher again. So I'm lucky in that respect. But, yeah, the fruit fly can be painful. Um, So do you have, with your veggie patch, and we all get it, don't we? We all get excess stuff. What do you do with any of the excess uh, veggies that you grow? Yeah, so um, sometimes I do set up a little stall in front of my house. um, Oh, I love that. And sell it on to the community. Um, So then obviously I can put that money towards buying more seeds for the next season crops. Um, A lot of sharing um, with friends and family, but I actually brought a preserver a few months ago. Um, So I'm starting to, you know, dabble into that and going to try and start preserving a lot of my stuff so I can eat zucchinis and stuff coming into, you know, winter and autumn when we don't have any. Oh, 100%. Um, Did you get a Vicola? Yes. Nice. I have yes. a Vicola and I love it. Yes. It's, yeah. it's, it's good. I've had mine for about a year now um, and it's fantastic and you will you will really enjoy it just for preserving the excess stuff and and even, you know, when people give me, um, you know, there's some people uh, we're coming into the season of obviously nectarines and peaches and being able to preserve them too, like your fruits as well is fantastic. Oh, you'll, you, that'll be great. Yes. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love, I love mine. It's, it's great. If you, if you're not aware of what we're talking about, um, basically it's a preserving, it's a, well, I don't know what yours is Mariah, but mine's a, it's a electric, it's plastic, a big plastic water bath, basically. And you put your produce in your, in, in, well, they call it canning, but, you know, basically in glass jars and fill them with liquid and then put them, put them in this for about an hour and it sucks the air out and seals the lid tight. So similar to what you find when you go to the shops and buy a canned anything this is what this does but at home so it just means you can preserve it I actually tried this year I did lemon butter so apparently if you make lemon butter and then you put it in in your vicola uh, it will live on the shelf for about six months yeah I did read that yeah yeah so I gave that a go and it definitely worked <laughs> um so yeah so anyway because I know sometimes people got heaps of lemons and eggs and that kind of thing but but yeah it's it's fantastic. Definitely, if you're someone that's into growing your own food, I think a Vicola set is is worth looking into. Oh, for sure. 100% agree. Now, with your veggie patch and with the people listening today that are obviously listening because they enjoy growing their own food, what what are you doing now in your garden? What's, what are the jobs you're doing now? What are the plants you're planting now? What are the things you're doing now in your garden at this particular time of the year what are you up to so everything's been planted in the garden I've just got a few more um, additions so corn um, and stuff like that's just been too wet to plant that at the moment Um, but all my tomatoes are in capsicum beans um, I've got elephant garlic in as well so that'll be ready in a few more months Um, squash I've just put a new trellis in, so a lot of cucumbers. I'm trying um, spaghetti squash for the first time. 
Oh, nice. So um, that's exciting. Um, But, yeah, just keeping on top of what they call the 28 spotted ladybug um, that you don't really want in your garden at this time of the year. They'll eat your zucchinis and your potatoes and stuff like that. So, um, but, yeah, everything's been planted. Um, It's pretty much just watching and waiting. Um, I've been doing a little bit of hand pollination at lately only because it's been so cold and wet the bees haven't been able to get into the veggie patch really so um making sure that you know the zucchinis and stuff have been hand pollinated um I don't know if people know but obviously you know when you got your cucumbers and zucchinis you do have a female and a male flower um so essentially you're wanting the male flower to pollinate the female flower and usually you would rely on insects like bees um to do that but you know the weather has just been crazy for nearly everywhere in Australia at the moment so giving a helping hand to the plants um because if they aren't pollinated they fall off so I think a lot of people ask that question yeah it's a great it's a if you're not sure when Mariah just said about uh female and male flowers your female flower is the one that has the little fruit behind it so it'll be the flower and then the fruit was a male flower will not have any fruit attached and that is the same for your pumpkins your watermelons rock melons all of those viney type things Um, if you are finding that your female fruit are little and shriveling and dropping off it means they're not getting pollinated and absolutely you can get out there and hand pollinate if, as, as Mariah said, especially if, you know, it's wet and the, the pollinators aren't out and about and it's not happening, it's a really good idea that if you see a female flower that is ready to go, that you give, give her a helping hand. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think your plants will love you for doing that um, and not only the plants but yourself, um, meaning you don't have to wait um, longer. You know, I had a spaghetti squash female flower open the other day it was, you know, about to rain. So I went out and hand pollinated it and fingers crossed um, it actually worked. And, you know, it's in a, once you pollinate, you only have to wait like a couple of weeks and you will notice if it's been pollinated correctly. Um, Otherwise the bottom of the plant usually goes like black and rotten, kind of like blossom rot that you get on tomatoes and stuff like that. Um, Or it'll go all smushy. Um, Because last year was my really my first time, you know, getting my hands in the soil and growing different things. Um, I grew a zucchini uh, rondi nice. I think that's how you say it. Um, I noticed a lot of them were falling off. Um, And, you know, all you have to do is get on Google, why is my zucchinis (laughs) falling off? And you find the answer straight away. So, yeah, hand pollination is really good um, if, yeah, you can't get the pollinators in your garden at this time of the year. Yes, absolutely. No, it is. They, it is a fantastic thing to know and to just be aware of and, and to be able to look through to look through your garden and, and see what's happening there. We've had a fair bit of rain up here as well. Um, probably not as much as you guys, but we've had a fair bit. And unfortunately, I've noticed as my lettuces are just going soggy because they've just, it's almost like they're sick of it. Yeah. Um, and so, which makes it a bit sad because, you know, and no one likes um, to see their produce have issues but but we know that you you know it's it's a 
a balance of everything. Too much rain isn't good for plants. Too little rain isn't good for plants. But just getting out in your garden and and having a look. And as you said, in that instance, you, you keep your eye out for what needs pollinating and those kinds of things. And it's, yeah, it's great. Makes you, I don't know, I always feel like I've achieved something if I can bring something in at the end of the day that I've, that I've grown out in the garden. Yeah, I agree with you there, Shannon. And so then, Mariah, I'd love you to give me, you know, for someone that is listening to this podcast and, and they're thinking, oh, gee, I really should you know, put in a veggie patch or start growing something or, you know, throw something in a pot, what would be your best gardener's tip for, for those people out there that are really thinking about it or maybe they're the beginner gardener, they, they've just started this year or what's your best gardener's tip? Oh, this is so hard because I was a beginner gardener not long ago and I think looking on Instagram you get so confused because one person does it this way and another person does it this way and, like, you know, someone buys the most expensive potting mix to plant their plants in or someone buys, you know, a $4 bag of potting mix. I think the best thing is go with your gut. At the end of the day, you know what you're going to get, like, produce-wise, um, and it's all a learning curve. Gardening is learning. I don't think a, no gardener out there would be able to say, I know everything. I don't need to learn anymore because there's so much that we can learn. But I would just start with your soil. You can go buy a $4 bag of potting mix from Bunnings because I know I do have. But it's what you add into it that the plants will love. You know, your blood and bone. Um, I use Charlie Carp pellets, um, manure. If you have access to rotten, you know, sheep manure or cow manure, Add that into the veggie mix that you've brought from Bunnings that's cheap and your plants will love it. I think, yeah, just don't go too crazy on the spending of stuff um, and just use what you have already in your backyard. You know, I've got herbs planted in like old tyre things from trucks. So, you know, nothing needs to be fancy and I think, that's why we get confused with, you know, Instagram at the moment. Everyone thinks their garden needs to be, like, ready for a photo, <laughs> you know. Oh, um, yeah. And, oh, God, I, and I'm the worst one for it. I probably do tidy up my garden before I take a photo. Um, but, you know, sometimes, you know, having dogs in your backyard, the garden never looks, that you know, the way you want it to look and, you know, if you have chooks as well, well, you never, you'd always know that your garden isn't going to be perfect when you have chooks that just want to dig and scratch in everything. Um, but make your garden the way you want to make it. Don't make your garden the way you think people expect you to have it, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and I love that. And I think I should also add in that a good thriving veggie patch never looks beautiful. There's always you know, there's always netting and there's always, you know, stakes holding things up and, and all those sorts of things. So I completely agree with you that usually a veggie patch is a working area and working area usually means a bit of mess. Exactly, exactly. But I think my number one step for a beginner gardener, get your soil right and your garden will repay you. Um, the soil is where they get the nutrients from. So without proper soil... Um, you're not going to get anything, but yeah, just don't think your garden needs to look like what other people's gardens look like on Instagram. Um, 
yeah, that's probably my number one tip because I think I knew beginning when I started my Instagram and, you know, you start finding all these gardens, you're like, oh, I wish my garden looked like that. But realistically, I don't think it's possible for a lot of people to have, you know, an Instagrammable garden all the time. Um, No, and I agree. And look, let's face it, that's the same across all social media, isn't it? You know, um, there are a lot of people, as we know, you put up a, a really lovely image, but it might not be, you know, depicting exactly what that area looked like five minutes before or there are some very clever people out there that are very good with photoshop and can take things out so I think um you know I think like you said you do what suits you and you know I enjoy what you're doing and go with your gut and I completely agree with you soil is so important it's the basis for everything if you can get that right then you're well on your way to to growing beautiful food yeah, and especially fertilizer. Make sure you fertilize your veggies. Um, the soil can only give them so much, and we need to, you know, keep adding things to the soil um, for them to keep soaking it up. Yes, because they are big feeders. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Mariah. I have absolutely loved having you on the show today. I've had a few people send me messages asking me to to get you on the podcast. And I'm, I'm thrilled that you were able to jump on today and share some of your tips. No, thank you so much for having me, Shannon. And you're doing a really good job with the podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that I'll continue to be able to talk to other gardeners and, and not only hear their tips about gardening, but I, I truly love hearing you know, everybody's stories of how they got into it and and why they're doing it because I think those are really important as well. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can tune in next Monday for another episode of Grow Your Patch. In the meantime, if you are on Instagram and you want to see what happens in my life behind the scenes, feel free to give me a follow at a country mum. Have a great one.